Hello, welcome to our Remarkable Women podcast. This is a branch of ministry from our women's ministry at Grace Community Church in Goshen, Indiana. I'm your host and women's ministry director, Natalie Replogle. The heart behind this podcast is to connect us together while we talk about the everyday experiences that women deal with. This is a place for women to share about their own journey and what God is doing in their life. It's a place where we can learn from their experiences, glean from their wisdom, be encouraged that we are not alone, and to find hope in the everyday. The month of October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and we are very blessed here at Grace Community Church to have seven awesome, God-honoring, and caring pastors. It's been an honor to serve alongside them, and I can honestly say that these guys are the real deal. They love Jesus. They love people. They lead by example. They work hard. They play hard. They are devoted to their wives and families, and they are just great teammates. So thank you, pastors. We appreciate you. And I can't help but want to take this appreciation one step further and say a big thank you to our pastor's wives as well. Ladies, we know that there are so many behind the scene things that you do as you support, encourage, and care for your husband and family. And there are so many areas that you have to sacrifice so that your husband can minister and shepherd others. So we are thankful for you and your ministry and want you to know that you are seen and cared for. So with that being said, today we have a very special guest with us. It gives me great pleasure today to introduce to you Anne Brown. And many of you know Anne already. And for those of you that don't, she is the proud wife of Jim Brown. And Jim is the lead pastor here at Grace Community Church, as this is also the home of our Remarkable Women ministry. And so Jim and Ann, they have um, come to this to the church and they have served the church for almost 25 years. They have three fantastic grown children, Josh, Hannah, and Isaiah. Hannah is married, so add in a fantastic son-in-law named Johnny too. She is getting used to this new season of life called Empty Nest. As their younger son is a senior at college and lives on campus there most of the year. Anne has seen a lot of change in the ministry life at church. As the church family grew in number from a group of 65 people their first Sunday there to a church family of 2,500 plus currently. She has been involved in many different parts of the church ministry at different times and has enjoyed the variety of ways to serve. Anne has a passion for healthy local churches and a healthy home and family life. And I know for me, it has been a joy getting to know Anne over the years. Anne has a beautiful essence about her that draws you in by her gentle spirit while keeping you on your toes with her spunky personality. So with all that said, I'm very excited to have Anne here with us today to share her heart, her passions, and her love of Jesus with us. Welcome, Anne. Thanks, Natalie. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, we're so happy to have you with us. So take a little bit of time and tell us about yourself. Okay. Well, my story starts in, actually it starts in Pennsylvania. That's where I was born. But before I was a year old, 
our my family moved to Michigan. And something about me is that I lived in the same house, had the same bedroom, attended the same school in the same school district from first grade on until I trans transitioned into adulthood, hmm. taking the route of living on campus for college study. And I... I do like to boast a little bit about my parents. They are amazing people. Mm. They've been married for 61 years, and they are a blend of bluegrass listening, motorcycle riding, Ford tractor, <laughs> and implement engineer. It sounds like a country song. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> but mm. this country song, this this man meets classical music loving, always appropriate farm girl church organist. Aww. And so you can imagine <laughs> the kind of blend yeah. that I grew up in. I am a middle child and I grew up in a very stable, loving, church going family mm -hmm. for which I'm very thankful. Um, another thing about me is when I met my husband, he's a big part of my life and a happy part of my life. I met Jim in college and soon realized that we had a similar sense of humor and common goals in life. We also had a lot of overlap in activities that we enjoy that continue. Um, mostly, I realized at that time that besides being cute and fun, he was the kind of man that I could respect and trust to follow in joining his mission in mm -hmm. life. That was very important yeah. to me. He was all in for Jesus, so was I, and that hadn't, hasn't changed. Mm. That's what I wanted most, and that's what I got. And I knew life would be an adventure with Jim. <laughs> that's an understatement. Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I knew it would be also an adventure just following God mm -hmm. without reservation yeah. and add Jim in, then lots of adventure <laughs> in my bonus. life. Yeah. Uh, I love being a wife to Jim. Mm -hmm. And I am so thankful that God grew our family and that he added three fantastic mm -hmm. kids. Um, each one of them is so different right from birth. And I just have enjoyed and do enjoy so much about their unique personalities. My life is richer and fuller because mm -hmm. of these important people and relationships in my life. Mm -hmm. And I I cannot thank God enough for who he chose. Yeah. Um, another thing about me, I like being active outside, and I've always enjoyed athletic endeavors, uh, although some of that is changing as I age <laughs> and things don't quite work the way they used to could, and recovery time is a little bit different. I also like sitting down and talking with people to see what they think and feel, to see what they get excited about and what keeps them up at night. I'm not great at small talk and am more of an introvert than an extrovert, but I really love people, even when it means going outside of my comfort zone. Mm. I also find that God is really good at pushing me out of my comfort zone. Mm. And you are such a fun person. And I know over the years, you have probably done many 
fun and interesting things. So take some time and share three things that we might not know about you. Okay. Well, the first random <laughs> interesting <laughs> thing that you might not know about me is that I did my first mini triathlon at the age of 38. Wow. That's awesome. And not only that I finished, but I finished 10 seconds from my target time, awesome. which I think is pretty impressive. That is impressive. To um, try to anticipate when you've never done one before. Right. But our kids were nine, seven, and two at that time. And my little two-year-old Isaiah was my training buddy. <laughs> I was kind of in a regular routine of running. And I was drawing for the swimming portion from being a high school swimmer and okay. had my lifeguard card at one point in time. Didn't have a lot of time to train swimming, but I had deep roots in that, mm -hmm. so I wasn't too concerned. But Isaiah was my training buddy when it came to the bicycling portion. And I had a, a seat on the back of my trail bike, <laughs> and we put in a lot of miles. And... I actually would recommend that that is good training because that that extra weight mm -hmm. on race day, it, I was able to right, go faster. Right. Also, I would recommend I, I trained on a trail bike, but on race day, I borrowed a road bike. Ooh. And so like my mile splits were one harder. minute faster <laughs> just because of those yeah, two awesome. factors. Um, and so another thing that you might not know about me is my first job out of college, that I was the first woman estimator for a specialty door company. Really? I did yeah, not know that. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> <laughs> All these skills that you have, Anne, that we don't no. know about. <laughs> I was a business major, and I, I don't know that I ever expected I would work for a specialty door company, uh -huh. but that is what God opened up at the time. And actually on the day that I was looking for my first real job, um, first I stopped in at a publishing house and they did a screening typing test, mm -hmm. which I thought I might have a chance. Mm, mm -hmm. No, no, <laughs> the speed was not there. They even let me do it again. Just maybe she was off. Let's yeah, give her one more maybe chance. she was nervous and yeah, <laughs> still too slow. Aww. So that was it. Was interesting going from that, and then I had heard about this estimator position um, that was open. I thought, why not just see? Uh huh. Uh, so I went, and they gave me a math test, and. So especially coming off of the reject typing speed, <laughs> I I scored the highest they had ever had wow. on this math test. And so the my future boss, mm -hmm. little did I know, he came in right away, um, did an interview and offered me a job right there on the spot. That's awesome. And so, yeah, was yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Good to know. Put that, lock that away in case I need some Yeah, help don't with ask that. me to type, but I <laughs> help with any estimates well, that I have. Yeah. Um, and then the third thing that I really want everyone to know mm -hmm. is that although I grew up attending church pretty much every Sunday. Mm -hmm. I was in our youth group. I went to church choir camp mm -hmm. many summers. Um, but I 
never really accepted Jesus as my savior mm. until I heard an evangelist speak through a student ministry when I was a student at Michigan State University. I knew and believed that Jesus was God's son and that he died on the cross for my sins. But it wasn't until that night that I really understood how to pray and ask mm. Jesus to be my savior and then experience that forgiveness of sin applied to my heart and my life. Yeah. And that changed my life. So, Anne, you mentioned that you um, accepted Christ in college. So let's go a little deeper in talking about that. And what difference did accepting Christ make in the plans that you had for your life? Uh, that's a good question. Because when you go to college, you're thinking a lot about the plans that you have for your life mm -hmm. and trying to equip yourself well mm -hmm. for what you see yourself doing. And Honestly, when I accepted Jesus, it just changed everything because I started thinking instead of what do I want to do, what does God want me to mm -hmm. do? And maybe it would be different than what I'd been thinking mm -hmm. I should do. Um, so I did, I studied hard in my classes and took a little bit of a lot of different mm -hmm. subjects. And I also jumped into learning as much as I could about the Bible. Mm -hmm. I was a part of two different student ministry groups at Michigan State. I was participated in a floor Bible study that was led by my, my RA, which mm -hmm. I know God had planned in advance that I would be on that yeah. floor yeah. because I don't know how many of the RAs at Michigan State were born-again Christians, mm -hmm. but mine was. And I also attended a local church near campus and got involved with a Sunday school class there. Mm -hmm. And so these were all like from different perspectives, mm -hmm. different denominations, but I just, I wanted to learn it all mm -hmm. and ask God to, you know, show me yeah. what his Bible mm -hmm. says. What And you were seeking it too. And I think that's what's so great is like, sometimes, you know, we can accept and be like, oh, well, Christ is just going to keep coming to me. And sometimes we have to seek him. We, we have to go out and look for those ways. And I love how you mentioned too, that like Jesus changes everything. He changes everything. And so, yes. you know, and to encourage, you know, the ladies and where they are. And, and if you haven't accepted Christ, like Jesus changes everything. Yeah. So that's neat that yeah. you took upon that as, you know, a young adult to know that you had to seek after Christ. Yes. And that my goals, God has every right to change my goals. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and actually okay. I'm better off right? And if seems, I listen to him. Yeah. And it seems a little scary. Sometimes we think, oh, it's going to change, but it's always for the better. It's always for the better. Yes, for sure. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's the one who gave me the skills and passions and interests. And it just makes sense that he would be the no the one to know how best they could be woven together yeah. Yeah. for the assignments mm -hmm. that I'm supposed to do Absolutely. on earth. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was during that time that the verse 
Jeremiah 29 11 became mm. very important to me yeah. and, and realizing I needed to seek him because he is the one that knows the plans that he has for me and plans that would prosper me and not harm me and plans to give me a hope and a future. Mm. And so that actually meant for me that after two years of study at Michigan State and taking a lot of general ed and putting my mm -hmm. dipping my toe in a lot of different areas of study, which I always did like to learn. I love school mm -hmm. and I love to learn different things, but it was time to declare a major and I didn't know okay. <laughs> what I was supposed to declare. Yeah. So I thought I'm going to take a year off, which is usually every parent's nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> to take a year off of college, especially when that's a, like a goal that is pretty deep in yeah. your roots to finish. Right. Um, but my parents were very supportive. That's great. And I ended up um, living with missionary family in Mexico City. They wow. were in need of a teacher for four first graders. Hmm. It was in English, which was great because I didn't speak Spanish. Uh -huh. I hadn't studied yeah. Spanish. Um, and God really used that year to call me into ministry, yeah. to open me up for mm -hmm. whatever. I didn't know exactly what it would look like, but I was open mm -hmm. because I really wanted that to be the major focus of my life. Mm -hmm. And so after the year at, in Mexico City, I um, researched Christian colleges and ended up visiting Grace College first and knew mm -hmm. from the first visit that that was where I was supposed to go to finish my college education mm -hmm. and learn more about the Bible. So, Anne, you mentioned that while you were in Mexico, that God called you into ministry. So when you thought of ministry and you dreamt of ministry, what did that look like and what did you think? Well, um, when I was in Mexico City and living with missionary family, I saw up front, up close, what what that like mm -hmm. how it played out for them and that was appealing to me because they were um just such real people uh normal people but but doing a great mm -hmm. work for the lord mm -hmm. and i also saw that like it's not a formula but it's very custom what they were doing was very custom mm -hmm. to who they were their personalities and they'd had been there a long time and so i was i saw it um, up close. And I was also reading a book at the time, um, written by brother Andrew and it was called God smuggler. And he was sharing about his call to ministry of smuggling Bibles into Russia at wow. the time. And that was quite an adventure to read about. And there was something that was really appealing about that mm -hmm. to me. Just, what an adventure it is to say yes to whatever God uh -huh. is calling you to do. Yeah. And so I probably had a little bit of a like romantic notion of like <laughs> the adventure right. and what it would look like. And uh, 
So I didn't know exactly what it would look like, but I was really open to whatever. Mm -hmm. I I didn't know if it would be in the United States or if it would be in a different country. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to bring whatever I could to the table of promoting yeah. the the gospel mm -hmm. and being part of healthy local churches. Yeah. Wherever. So you had this kind of expectation of maybe what you thought ministry would look like. So how has it been different from that expectation? <laughs> maybe a little bit different. Just a little? Yeah. <laughs> Not swinging like from vines it. in the Amazon and no. telling people about Jesus? <laughs> Hasn't involved smuggling any Bibles into Russia or no. wherever. Um, it's it's kind of been a lot different, yeah. actually. Uh, and actually, like... Well, I knew once I knew that our call was to Goshen, Indiana, mm -hmm. that that started shaping the dream. Mm -hmm. And and the dream was just that God would build his church through mm -hmm. us and that I would be helpful yeah. in that process. And he did add Jim to the picture mm -hmm. that helped shape the dream a lot. Mm -hmm. Um and being a good helper mm -hmm. as a wife and yeah. fully invested in, in the ministry work. I also learned that like different seasons, there were different things that I could offer. And mm -hmm. so the dream is affected by the season of life that you're in and the season, like where you are and what's going on with mm -hmm. the church. Um, but I have learned too, being in a lot of different seasons, 25 years experience yeah. uh -huh. and 32 years being married um, that having the right priorities in the right seasons is not easy. You have to be very intentional mm -hmm. and that it's important. It has been important for me. I've had to be intentional in remembering that first I am a wife. And then when the kids came that being a mom mm -hmm. is a very important priority. Mm -hmm. And one, one uh, thing that I can say has been very different than my dream of ministry mm -hmm. is there's been a lot more laundry to do than I ever imagined. <laughs> How do they wear so many clothes? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the dream, living out the dream is, is a little different than uh -huh. what I anticipated. But it's been good for me and it's kept me flexible and it's kept kept me focused really mm -hmm. on that the most important thing that I can offer is that I'm a team player mm. and I, it has been very good for me to remember and being convinced that Jim has a very effective ministry that I don't want to take away from. Mm -hmm. I just want to add to it and that yielding to that idea that that ministry is a lifestyle just as much as being a soldier or a mm -hmm. farmer or a mm -hmm. professional athlete. And the Bible has a little bit to say about that, but it is a lifestyle mm -hmm. and to go with it and not fight against it. And you've been involved in ministry in a, in a, for a really long time. And you have 
touched so many lives and you have been involved in so many things. And so I think it's great to see kind of you taking us through your journey a little bit and and how God called you into ministry, the way that you looked at ministry, the way that you envisioned ministry, how it became maybe different. So now take some time and what is a snapshot of the joys that have been involved in ministry for you over the years? And there are many. That's mm-hmm. a big part of what keeps me in it is the joy that's mm-hmm. involved in this kind of work. There isn't anything that is more important to me than being a part of being helpful to people and introducing them to Jesus and then being a part of seeing them be transformed mm-hmm. as Jesus frees them from the weight of sin mm-hmm. and hurts in their hearts and destructive patterns in their lives. Mm. And I know that because that's what he did for me. And I just love to see him do that kind of work Mm -hmm. in people and be a part of it. Yeah. It has, it's been amazing um, to see God do his work in from like putting struggling marriages back Mm. together, bringing peace and purpose for living to people and seeing people serve others and show God's love in ways that they normally wouldn't in their Mm -hmm. own personalities. Mm -hmm. I love when the Holy Spirit gets involved Mm -hmm. and it takes what the personality was there, but then like the X factor Mm -hmm. and you, you just, I love, he's done that for me. And I love watching that in other people too. I love being a part of our church family specifically Um, I think that our church family does a great job of not separating their lives into different compartments, Mm. but that they live on Sundays the same way they live on the rest of the week. Mm. And I am continually challenged by the way that my Grace Community Church brothers and sisters live Mm -hmm. on mission. Yeah. Uh, And I do, I just want to be vocal in saying that I really count it a privilege to get to be a part of Team Brown. Mm -hmm. It is a joy to have the unity in our relationship of what's important in life, that I have that with my husband, and to have so much overlap Mm -hmm. between his call and my call to ministry Mm -hmm. And then church ministry life together. And then the way that we do family life or the way that we did family life Mm -hmm. when the kids were in our house, um, that it it just all meshed together. Mm -hmm. It it wasn't very clearly defined. It just all fit together. Mm -hmm. And so for many years, we kept our goals very focused Mm -hmm. to make it all work together. And even still... Um, I know that even I have stepped into working outside of the home mm-hmm. now just for two years Yeah. Um, with empty nest season and the season that our church is in, that has been something that could work. Mm-hmm. And, but even still, I know that if, if my line of work to, took too much away from ministry, mm-hmm. I know what would have to go. Yeah. The ministry comes first. Yeah. Yep. And really, I mean, Team Brown is great. (laughs) You guys do such a great job of supporting one another 
and encouraging one another and supporting. I mean, really, it's not just for show. It really is who you guys are. It's the foundation of your family. And it's so beautiful to witness and um, to see. So we love, we love Team Brown. And I know, you know, as you Thanks. mentioned, as you shared about all of these joys, because there is so much joy in ministry. There is so much joy being on the front lines and watching God move and work in people's lives. It's just incredible. Doesn't get any better. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. Especially, you know, like we've been talking, like Jesus changes everything. And so mm -hmm. when we can be a part of seeing how Jesus Jesus is changing people's lives and our lives. I want to mm -hmm. like, God is At always, the same time. always, always, always <laughs> working on mine as well. Yes. It's just so exciting to be a part of that. But I also know that there is another side to ministry that is difficult. And, you know, the enemy, there's a target on our back. And, mm -hmm. and so there is a lot of hard times and stretching times that come with ministry. So share with us, Anne, what has been some areas of hardship for you? Okay. And I think these are the kind of things that you don't necessarily know, like when you're dreaming about what ministry is going to look like, mm -hmm. you you don't know these were until in your, you get your there. dreams of well, it's kind of like yeah. when you get married right. you don't know all what he's not perfect <laughs> that you're signing up for <laughs> and, yeah. and it's it's true with ministry too yeah. and and there it's not bad yeah to have hardship no to it, have it things grows us. Right. yes exactly right. So one of the things that I don't think I realized until we were in it is just the juggling act that it would take um, to have a family mm. and be in ministry and how, how much of my focus would be dedicated to kind of seeking to shelter or buffer, mm. be a buffer for our kids mm -hmm. um, as we kind of live in a glass house. Yeah. And our kids didn't, they were born into that. They mm -hmm. didn't have a choice. And so I, I um, really made it a focus to try to make that as mild as possible for them. Mm -hmm. At the same time, realizing that living in a glass house, if people were kind of watching us, it also is an opportunity. And so, mm -hmm. you know, trying to make the most of that opportunity and trying to integrate it all together um, and I think that, that two things come to mind about that is that Jim and I often talked about that the way we disciple our kids, the way we did mm -hmm. disciple, they're mm -hmm. adults now and they're awesome. And I learned things from them. Um, I, well, I learned things from when, them when they were younger too, yeah. but that we often, our discipleship method was more teaching our kids along the way mm -hmm. and they were in tow with us. We were doing it together and we have those life lessons right there in the moment and yeah. address them as they come. Yeah. And then also I always felt like the glass house thing was an opportunity that we could model mm -hmm what we're hoping, the kind of influence that we're hoping to have mm -hmm. on our church family, yeah. on the flock, and that like you preach with words, but you preach with your life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know that there's someone famous who said something about that. And 
um, that modeling, like how can we be teaching about healthy family mm -hmm. life if we're not living it? Mm -hmm. And so it, there was some juggling there of trying to figure out what healthy family yeah. life looks right. like and living that and also being open and sharing our lives mm -hmm. with our church family. Yep. Um, and you guys did a, I did a great job with that being an example. And that's kind of what we're called to do. I mean, I mean, yeah, it maybe is intimidating to be in that glass bowl, but as believers, that's what we're called to be, that people should yeah. be able to look at our lives and see how we're living for Christ. And yes, we're not perfect and we're going to get it wrong and we're going to sin. And, mm -hmm. but what do we do with that? Yeah. Then even regrouping, right. there's mm -hmm. a way to bring glory to God right. on Absolutely. whatever path we find ourselves and we're human beings. So we're not always on that perfect right wonderful path sometimes we find ourselves this on is brand new information the... <laughs> Anne, no. what so we have this yeah. opportunity to model right like uh confession right. forgiveness uh regrouping right. and like getting back yeah and take it and use it and own it and yeah yeah be that example that's great and if i'm honest which I'm being pretty honest yes. here today, um, which isn't always comfortable, but <laughs> I, I also found myself, there were times that I was tempted to be frustrated at what I couldn't do because I was a wife and a mom mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was needed to manage a lot of things on the home front and the family front. And that when I realized that I had to be very intentional and be very careful not to make our kids feel like they were in the way or they were keeping me from doing more important things. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid that my kids aren't the only ones and I'm not the only mom mm -hmm. who has faced that frustration. I'm just glad God confronted me with mm. that and made me aware because the last thing I want to do is make my kids when they were younger, make them feel like they're, they're just frustrations to me blocking mm -hmm. my goals. Yeah. Like I have more important things to do and you need to mm -hmm. line up and just only take up your amount of time allotment because really I've got more important things to do. Yeah. And I just, my heart hurts mm. because I'm afraid that a lot of kids are getting that message. Mm -hmm. And that's a rough way yeah. to grow up. Right. It's hard enough anyway. Yeah. So um, that, if I'm honest, that has been an area of hardship. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that didn't come naturally. It, I had to be intentional and kind of relaxing into that and realizing that a big part of my important uh, ministry and priorities were investing in my kids. Mm -hmm. That those are pretty big, important things. Yeah. Um, I also, a hardship for me, because I shared a little bit about the stability of my growing up, mm -hmm. my family environment. I, I almost think it's a little bit unusual in our world 
how very stable, same bedroom, uh-huh. come yeah. on, from first grade <laughs> till I left for college. Right. And actually, if I go home and visit my parents now, it's the same it's house. The same. And the bedroom is not a whole lot different. Uh-huh. I mean, they took down my the shrine to Anne, but <laughs> I think the bed's still in the yeah. same place. Um, but yes, like this stability, I was very sheltered in a lot of ways. Mm. I really had it made of the loving environment. It was kind of like a greenhouse. Mm -hmm. And so when you get to church life and you kind of are thinking this vision or this version of what family is like and wanting, um, to bring that to the church family, Mm -hmm. I hadn't had much of experience in dealing with feelings of loss and family Mm -hmm. members coming and going Mm -hmm. and especially like the going part. I liked when family members were coming, Mm -hmm. but it, it, I didn't realize how hard it was or that Mm -hmm. I could have feelings of loss and Mm -hmm. grieving when family members were moving on, Mm -hmm. even if they had good reason to be moving on it felt like loss to me. And so I had to learn how to say goodbye and I had to pay attention to the hurt part of my heart when those times happened. And some, I mean, I'd like to say that it was always like a happy scenario, but it wasn't always Mm -hmm. a happy scenario when the goodbyes. And so just, I had to give myself permission that it it made sense mm-hmm. that I felt some grief or hurt or felt loss even when people didn't die. Mm. And, and that God really wanted my heart to be healed. He didn't want me to stuff it down or talk myself out of it. Mm-hmm. But he was okay and wanted me to acknowledge that my heart was hurting mm-hmm. And then move through to find true healing, Mm -hmm. which I love God for that Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't, I don't think I would have given that to myself. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, And then another area of that can be a little bit of a hardship is I think it can be harder for me to open up and share who I am and what I think in my position as a pastor's wife. Mm. Uh, Because one thing I feel like I've learned is that I need to be careful what I say. Mm. The less I say um, probably gets me in trouble less. So Mm. that's a good thing. (laughs) I feel a little extra pressure because I would never want to say or do something that could could be used as any kind of ammunition Mm. against my husband and his very effective Mm. ministry. So I have learned, I mean, it's not all bad, but I've, it, I've learned to be reserved and I'd Mm -hmm. rather err on the side of not uh, letting, not talking Mm -hmm. (laughs) than talking. Yeah. And besides I'm very quirky and I can sometimes (laughs) say things that aren't worth saying if I'm on my own. And so I, I do yield to the Holy Spirit a lot for help. 
I need that Holy Spirit filter. Mm. Um, but as I've kind of gotten used to keeping a tight rein on my tongue, I and it's part of my personality too. I don't think it's all because I'm the pastor's wife. Mm. That is part of my personality. But I think that there are times that um, God wants me to speak and he wants mm. me to be the personality that I am and show the side of mm -hmm. things I think of that the verse is it in Psalms of fearfully and wonderfully, wonderfully made. made. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little fearful <laughs> and wonderful. And it could be a little scary to let the real and no. You say quirky, but I say spunky. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I do feel challenged the older I get not to always play it so safe. Hmm. I think it's better to err on that side, but there are times like this, doing this podcast mm -hmm. of letting a little bit more of myself out there. But honestly, it, it, it is a little different in my shoes because of, I do feel like I'm on display mm. and that the more I let out, the more I risk being misunderstood on top of already plenty of times feeling not liked or not respected. Mm. And yeah. Yeah. So, well, Anne, I think you're wonderful. And I love when you share <laughs> and when you talk and um, you are a blessing to so many people. So thank you for that. Well, I appreciate that. But... So Anne, since this is a podcast for our for women's ministry, do you have any words of advice that you would like to give to women? Well, <laughs> that could be a long, that could be a whole nother there, day. There could be lots of things yeah. that you could share. <laughs> Not that women are complicated or <laughs> need well, advice. Let's go with that. <laughs> but okay. Right. So I guess parting words, what I would like to share is I would really like to encourage women to keep it simple and to be nice to yourselves. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we're our meanest bosses. Mm. Yep. We have high expectations mm -hmm. and are kind of demanding yeah. of ourselves. Preach it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we can add more to our plates than what God himself is calling us mm -hmm. to do. So I would like, I just like to say you really do have some say over your schedule mm -hmm. and what you take on as goals. And please be nice to yourself and treat mm -hmm. yourself the way that you treat other people. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we're nicer to other people than we are to ourselves. And I think it's important to pay attention to what kind of talk is going on in your head and that take the take that talk captive to what Jesus says because sometimes I know this in my own life it was kind of a revelation when I when I stopped and kind of paid attention to the self talk that what I was telling myself mm. I would never say to another person yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So why am I allowing that <laughs> and putting it on replay, mm-hmm. like repeat mm-hmm. over and over? So I, I just would like other women to kind of be aware of that earlier in their lives than I was and to address it and just be nice to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that, that may even be like speaking out loud. If you realize that things are going on, the self-talk is not what Jesus is mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. to like, just stop right there and say, wait a second out loud. Yeah. That is not what Jesus says. Mm. And then say out loud what Jesus says. This yeah. is the truth. Well, I like how you said like to say out loud that this is not what Jesus says, but then to say what Jesus says, you know, mm-hmm. fill our mind with the good that God mm-hmm. says about us. Yeah. That That's helps a, a lot. Really, really good point, Anne. Yeah. And I think to just to be choosy in what you say yes to, it mm-hmm. kind of is the same idea. Mm-hmm. Don't overload yourselves and don't settle. You like God gives us good, best yeses mm-hmm. kind of things to do. And it, to be able to do the best yeses, you have to say a lot of no's. And don't be afraid to say no. Mm-hmm. If you know you've got a good reason, right. it's not a competition of doing saying the most yeses or doing the most. A lot of things are good even. Right. Doing the most good things. Um, I'll, I'll never forget when I came across a quote, um, and I'm going to blank on who to attribute it to. It was a missionary famous one. But the quote is, to do God's will, nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. Mm. That we can get off yeah. track. We can mm-hmm. be trying to do more. We can be totally off track trying yeah. to do something else. Yeah. And of course, don't do less, mm-hmm. but go for the best. Yeah. Oh, those are such great points. And thanks so much for being with us and sharing with us. And I think we should end with something a little fun. <laughs> Let's um, pretend that you are up for Miss America and uh, okay. you get a fun, a fun question. So our question for you, Anne Brown, okay, is what is your dream life? What is your dream in life? My dream in life for the world, world peace, for world right? peace. Okay. Okay. Well, my plan uh-huh. to bring about world peace okay. would be all about desiring. I want to be a part of opening people's eyes to be able to see how good God is, hmm. how much he loves us. And he made us the way that we are on purpose and how that fits into the plans and purposes that Mm. he has for each one of us while we're on earth. Mm. And that really he is the one who knows what the best version of you looks like, what Mm. the best version of me looks like. And so it's a very good investment of our time to spend time Mm. with him, to listen to him, to know what that best version of ourself looks like and that when we are all doing that like are you catching me like this this vision (laughs) good that if we're all doing that we are much better Mm -hmm. at loving other people 
and bringing something worthwhile mm-hmm. to share with others. And that's why we are on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got my vote. All you right. Got- Woo! <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Anne, for being here with us. Thank it was you, so Natalie. great having you. It's been fun. If there is something shared today that you've connected with and would like to talk to someone about it, please reach out to me. I'd love to set up a time to chat with you or to connect you with Anne. You can email me at nreplogal at gc.church. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time.